Hey, what's up everyone? This is Jason Tucker and this is Dave Watercooler, episode number 186. Today's topic is going to be about what does go into a WordPress version release. Let's go around the very, 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 very small room real quick and get everyone introduced. Let's start with George. George, tell us all Hi. about yourself. I'm George. I work at Automatic. I love my SNES and uh, currently working on VideoPress. Nice. Awesome, awesome. Wow. How about you, Mike? Hey, I'm Mike Schroeder, and I'm the WordPress platform lead over at DreamHost, and uh, most recently uh, worked on WordPress 4.5. Awesome. What about you, Russ? Uh, I'm Russ. I'm in Vegas. I do WordPress stuff, and interesting to uh, interested in asking Mike a thousand million questions. Sweet. I'm Jason Tucker. You find me over at jasontucker.us, and I am on Twitter as Jason Tucker. All right. So we wanted to I'm for a little intimate fireside chat going on. Yeah, I know. It's like everybody get all warm and toasty here. I brought so, s'mores. You brought s'mores. Awesome. <laughs> so we, we wanted to kind of talk a little bit about um, about how, um, how how a WordPress version, you know, a release is born, how it's built, where it starts. And we, we brought somebody who we know knows this stuff because he just did the most recent uh, release, which is uh, release uh, 4.5. So... Mike, tell us a little bit about like how does that start? Like, how did you become the lead for this particular release, and then kind of give us a little bit of an overview? Sure. Uh, well, it I think it probably happens a little bit different uh, for everyone, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that in the future the the role gets spread out even uh, among amongst a greater group of people. Uh, but essentially, I think that the core team is always sort of watching for folks that might be interested and that might that might that might want to put in the time and have the qualifications to be able to do it. Uh, I've been chatting with so I worked on 3.9 with Nason, uh, which uh, was a really great intro into the whole thing and uh, and I definitely learned a lot from him. I had not immediately after but about a year after I was asked if I'd be interested in, in doing it again at some point, and I was like, okay, well, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it didn't go down quite like that. I was in a bar uh, with Nason, and my wife was there, and we were at a word camp, and uh, Nason comes up, and he's like, so, you want to lead another release? And Elizabeth looks over, and she says, no. <laughs> awesome. So I looked over, and I was like, I think that's legit. I am not going to do one right now, but ask me sometime later. <laughs> ask me whenever the next Olympics are. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, and and honestly, it, it it takes a lot out of you, and so that that was the right direction for that conversation to go. Uh, I was at WordCamp US just this last year, and Nason came up to me, and this was when I was asked also, and he you know asked me if I was interested, and and I said, yes, I would be interested. I said, okay, cool. Call your wife, and then ask your <laughs> boss, and then let me know what you find out. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. So that's, so that's how that conversation went down. Um, so in my case, I think, I think planning works very differently for everyone in terms of, in terms of when you run a release. I really like that in that 
the last few times around, they've been announcing them ahead of time so that the release leads have a while to chat with folks and kind of figure out what they want to do with the release and things like that. Uh, in this case, I was the first one in the group, so I found out about four days before it was announced-ish. I'm sure someone will go online and say exactly how much it was, but uh, it was around that. But it was at WordCamp US, so I then spent the time going around and chatting with previous release leads and component maintainers and other folks that were going to be working on the release to see their interest, how much they were going to be involved, and things like that to start to build out what was going to be possible. Very cool. Very cool. I, I've I've always wondered how this how this works, like how you know both how like the, where the names come from. Sure. This particular one was was Coleman. Um, earlier in the show, we were talking about how. Um, like how the naming ends up working out, and if you end up with you know, somebody's first name, somebody's last name, and that sort of thing. Uh, George, what, what were you what were you saying um, on the pre-show? Um, just that, uh, by my understanding, it's just uh, Matt picks a person at the time. Um, you, there's, it's kept fairly close to the vest, uh, and. Normally, we go by first name basis with all the jazz musicians, except for certain times when, like, I think it was WordPress 4.0 was named after Django Reinhardt. And when they tried calling it WordPress for Django, uh, the folks that do the Django framework got a little bit annoyed at us, so we changed it over to uh, WordPress Reinhardt. Um, but there's a little odd little naming conventions that happen here and there that uh, things happen to fit into. Things sometimes get a little bit interesting. Um, there's been a lot of discussion over why aren't there more releases named after women, which there have been a few lately, but by and large when you're looking at dead jazz musicians there aren't, there sadly aren't that many women to choose from. Uh, but uh, trying to move more I think what they wanted balance. to do was, I think they wanted to put a D in front of Django, but I think they couldn't get the movie rights to that, so Oh, come on, no, no. <laughs> Django Reinhardt, legendary... Amazing uh, musician. Violinist with Stephanie yeah. Grappelli and, yeah, Gypsy Jazz. I like it. Shredder, yeah. I, Go ahead. Schroeder, I have a question for you, and what it is is when... I, I could imagine that you have a million requests and, you know, like, I want this, I want this little thing here. How do you go about deciphering what you truly think should be put into a core? Like, is it a panel? Is it a discussion? Is it a, a one giant group text message? How does that go down? Gut reaction. Say no to everything. <laughs> no, sure, fair enough. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not really... <laughs> All the no, owls start but that swarming in back, on the house. No, but that goes yeah, back orders. to Nason's article that he likes to post about like what's necessary to have in a core committer, uh, and that being your gut response to any uh, feature request, any change, should be, by default, no, and then be able to be persuaded if it's something that's actually more beneficial to the project as a whole. So, other folks might think about it differently than I do, but... I definitely didn't come to the release thinking this is a list of things that that must be in it because you can't there's there's only WordPress is built by volunteers. Right. And so 
that means that to a large extent it's built by people who want to build the thing that they want to build. Sure. Now, if it's obvious that something that they're interested in building is not appropriate for core, then we'll have a conversation, or more, more often than not, there is a conversation in dev chat about that feature with interested, with interested parties and really open to the entire community about these things. And, of course, I have gut feelings about, about things, especially when it comes to options, right? Anything that's going to add something to the UI, especially if it's going to be an option, Decisions, not options, wins. Basic, not all the time, but basically all the time. Uh, so, it, it when I say not all the time, I mean things obviously get added to the UI. So right. obviously there was the, there was UI that was added for the uh, theme logo feature, right? For the custom logo feature. So. That's the sort of thing that I'm talking about. Uh, so was that something that you were super interested in? Was that something that someone approached you and said, let's do this? Like, how, how did that go down? Like uh, as an example of a feature that got sure. added and that also absolutely. had a UI that was involved in it. Sure, absolutely. So that was something that Constantine contacted me about about halfway through the dev period at the beginning of the release and said, hey, I might be, you know, I'm working on porting this feature and so I had a conversation with him about, you know, what it was, the arguments for it, the arguments against it, and then started talking with a lot of folks about what they thought. Uh, eventually, it did come up in both, and this is something I could have done better, actually. Uh, it eventually ended up both being brought up in a dev chat so that everyone could talk about it and had a post on MakeCore. It should have had a post on MakeCore before it did. Uh, debating it. It was on, it had been a feature that had been debated for a while in track, but hadn't had that same sort of discussion on MakeCore, and MakeCore is a lot wider group of people that, that read it, so uh, that's something we could have done better for sure, or that I could have done better for sure, but essentially it went through all of that feedback process, and we changed a decent amount of things based on that feedback process between the time when the original patch was proposed, and with what went into core, so nice. It's always it's always helpful for those exact reasons. Yeah. So, did you get any of the uh, nascent superpowers where you can like remember like random numbers, sequence of numbers, just for no particular reason, and you just rattle them off real quick? No. Oh, so bad. <laughs> You would have thought that they would have, like, you know, bottled that up and then, like, just, like, handed it off from, from place to place, but I, I guess well, not. I think, I, I, think, I think Dominic is the current owner of that part, of that power. <laughs> nice, it does get handed down from generation to generation, huh? So, at least, so, 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 current release lead holds that, so that's good. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> so, so if I remember correctly, in this particular in this particular release, there was uh, there was a dot dot release that happened, right? Like pretty soon after, is that correct? Yeah, it was about. So there's been a dot release, and it was about two weeks after, which is is quick, but not you know by any means unprecedented. Right. And essentially, we we did a little bit of a different thing this last time around with the leading of the of the minor release, and. So I had a conversation with um, first uh, Aaron Jorben and then a few other other people about what usually happens after major releases. And usually what happens... So, well, first we'll start with the idea. 
So previously the idea had been that the release lead from the previous release would have all responsibility for coming in and handling the miners uh, as when they need to happen and making sure that they have making sure that the proper things get committed and making sure that the release goes out in a timely manner, things like that. What happened in reality was that <laughs> release leads are totally spit at the end and often aren't prepared to do something like that immediately after if if it needs to happen. And and I'm not talking about any particular it's just been a been a trend that I've noticed and that we had noticed. And it just that's what happens. You're tired after you after you've gotten the release out the door. And I think and so in an effort to be basically to have responsibility for users and make sure that they get fixes if they need to, you know, if those fixes need to be released immediately after, that that happens. Uh, mm-hmm. I decided to pass that on to Adam Silverstein, who's my deputy on the release, and Pascal, who, uh, Swiss, Swiss Spidey, I don't actually know how to pronounce his, his <laughs> he'll correct me, I'm sure, afterward, but who, who is a committer to handle that. And so they went through and looked at all the things that were going on and what, what they felt was the highest priority and could be fixed, could wow. be fixed and needed to be fixed sooner, and worked with the people working on those patches to be able to roll that out quickly. And super appreciative of that effort. I hope I hope it's something that'll continue, but we'll yeah. see. That that that's not directly up to me. Man, that has to be a huge, crazy, daunting task of like, okay, you're gonna push and you push, and there must be some like huge, like. Board or something that you're looking at that's just like watching all of them go through and seeing what things are happening with people's updates and stuff. Like, how was that? How was that like? How'd that feel for you to like go? Okay, well, I'm either breaking everybody's websites right now, or I'm totally making a bunch of people happy by being able to have <laughs> these new features show up on here. So it's it's interesting. I don't I don't have visibility into the into the meta bits that make the package and release the package and auto updates and how they work and things like that. So I don't actually know what that looks like. So I can't I can't tell you I can't tell you that. I can say that there's a certain amount of, of nervousness that comes with it. it. It's it's mixed, right? Super excited to have it released and at the same time there is a very real possibility of breaking a large percentage of the internet. And totally you know, Tons of work goes into making that not happen as much as possible. <laughs> uh, are, there, are there some things, Mike, that you just like dread talking about, like when it comes to security or when it comes to like how comments are going to be handled? Like, are those conversations that could be better, or like, like security obviously could always get better over time? But I mean. I think that's the first thing people want is like make it more secure. Do this. How do you handle those kind of conversations? Like, so I don't how, know. If, how, go ahead. Yeah. How did you approach like taking on? Because th- there were a few things in this release with security that beefed it up a little bit. So how did you handle those? Like to determine, all right, this is what we probably should do. Because th- that's a hard question, right? So uh, fortunately. That was not down to me. Uh, the security team handles handles security patches, and I mean, I, I probably could have said, "Let's not bundle this thing." If there was some real serious reason that it shouldn't be 
included, but the truth of the matter is that I think the security team knows issues with regards to the security far better than I do. And so I defer to, to Nikolai and everyone else on the security team as far as what they think should be included when, as far as if they if and when they think that a minor secure a minor release is appropriate. And uh, definitely worked with them on, on scheduling and things like that, but but those things are in the hands of the security team for sure. So, okay, so then that my next question then is is you have this team and they say here's what we're going to bundle into this release. Do you have to make everybody aware like okay here's the functions that they're dropping in or you can't you have to check against this now instead of checking against that like how do you update? Well, a lot of that happens in the this week in core posts on uh, makewordpress.org/core. Oh, okay. uh, going through the minutiae, we have uh, there's several people. Uh, Mike, you were one of the early people that did the This Week in Core, weren't you? Yeah. Wait, did you actually start that? So, I think <laughs> I, I started what it is current yes. incarnation, but this is something that was done some time ago. I don't know who the first person was, but it might have been Boren, actually. It might have been Ryan Boren. Uh, it used to be Far along, you know, years ago, that this was that something very similar to this week in core was a summary that was posted, and it has started and then gotten lost a few times. I I think I started the kind of most recent iteration, which is the last few years, but it's something that's been attempted to be to be done regularly for some time. It just takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, and so huge props go out to to the folks that are working on it. See, I didn't know that. I learned something cool today. Yeah, and it's basically current iteration is a very low-level look. It goes through all the uh, change sets that happen, sums them up, divides those into these are the important ones people should be aware of happening. These ones, well, no one really cares about them anyway, except for folks that have to use them. Um, oh, here's media. We'll just ignore that entirely. Um, but... <laughs> Um, it's a great way of having one thing to hit in your inbox every week versus actually paying attention to Firehose, uh, which is like literally everything happening on track dropping right. into your email inbox. Interesting. I did not know about that. Let's see what what else do we got here. So we've. I was looking through some of the some of the questions that we had. Um, from folks, because um, I've had this, I've had this, this conversation come up a few times here, and we're that we wanted to talk about this and wanted to get someone who we really, really knew, and and I was like, oh well, I know Mike, this is gonna be awesome. Let's let's make this happen. So one one of the things that has always kind of made you know made me think a little bit about how um, how WordPress is built itself is like, how do you are you looking back in the previous ways in which these things have been released and have and are learning from it. And the thing is that since this changes every single time, like, how, do you have to go back to like the four or five different leads and go like, hey, so um, what did you do wrong that I should not do, or what are you know, like, how does that how does that knowledge base kind of get passed along other than you like digging through track looking to see when somebody was throwing a bunch of like crazy emojis in there or something or or just going nuts. <laughs> So, so what's, that, what's that knowledge transfer like, I guess, and, what, and how's that knowledge transfer going for you to the next person? So first, you know, more emoji is always is always good for core, right? Definitely. Um, or cowbell. Or cowbell is <laughs> always good, too. <laughs> but so 
I, I would like to hope that we're always learning something. I'm sure that there are always some things that are missed and some things that are not passed along. Um, some, of, some of the things that we're trying to do are in terms of additional documentation. So one of the things that happened throughout the release, but especially during release checklists and things like that, uh, were updating those release checklists and making sure that the things that I missed got added to those lists or that I noticed were missing or whatever, however it, however it came down. So having more more checklists and more you know, this is something that that uh, Ryan Bourne is also pretty pretty excited about is just documenting more and more and more of our of our process because there's no reason that those things shouldn't be public. They they should be public. All, all of that there's no there's absolutely no reason all that information shouldn't be public. So moving all of that, moving as much as we can to handbooks is good. As far as sort of personal learning and takeaways and things like that, I know for me a lot of that came from chatting with previous release leads. So, well, first from Nason, from him passing on a lot of the information uh, when we co-led the release, and that was invaluable, really. And then after that, talking to previous release leads about their experiences and things that went well and things that didn't, and. Thirdly, and this is something that we still need to do for four or five that I haven't scheduled yet, so this is a good reminder, <laughs> is doing a retrospective, uh, like was done for the last couple versions, talking over, okay, what did we learn and what did we what did we still not learn <laughs> from the previous version? You know, what what went well, and and what do we what do we still need to learn from and change? And so I think that's another another helpful practice. I mean, things that we've seen in the past as we approach. Uh, shipping releases. Um, there have been release leads that have been fine with, um, hey, this is an obviously a clear fix to what's a regression. Let's that, get that committed, even if it's like less than 24 hours before shipping the final release. Uh, then there's been other releases where it's been more of a, uh, it's seven days until we're going to submit. We're not going to change any code, no matter how trivial, um, just because they want a very long code freeze. And if you committed something, then you had to restart the code freeze all over again. One, where exactly do you fall on that spectrum, and how important do you think that long or any code freeze is when you get more into the nitty-gritty and the minutia of a release? It depends. <laughs> yes, that is like the motto of the show. Good job. <laughs> it always depends, right? But seriously, it, it depends. Uh, ideally, you have... To me, the point of release candidate is release candidate, and we did some things that ran that ran counter to that. Specifically, the about page ran counter to to the idea of release candidate, and that's something I would have liked to see frozen, you know, at release candidate. It isn't really it isn't often possible in real life, and it wasn't possible this time, but definitely before it was in. Uh, other than that, I feel like the point of release candidate is a code freeze. It doesn't mean we don't change anything, but it means this is where we think we'd like to be. And so as much frozen as we can possibly be, let's do that. Uh, so, so that's the way that I think about it from then on. And then as each issue comes up, you have to think, well, how, how important is this? Is it a regression? Is it not a regression? Um, and is it a serious enough? Is it, is, is it a serious enough issue that we would do something like release a minor release immediately after to fix it? Oh wow! That's like bundling the DLC right? with your actual 
Right, yeah. and if it is, then, then why <laughs> right, should we exactly. not? Why should we not fix this? You know, and then go through the reasons. You know, what else could it break? What other regressions could this thing cause? If it's only related to that new feature, then maybe you want to do it. And this is kind of the way that at least the thought process that I went through. That if it's related only to that new feature and it can only break that new feature, then yeah, let's do it. And this happened with a couple of fixes for the custom logo uh, feature during RC. We saw, we looked at, well, what could it affect back in the past? How far back and what things exactly? And then made decisions based on that. Uh, so had we come down to the very end and it had been 24 hours, you know, less than 24 hours before and there was something pretty major, I definitely would have thought about whether the release should be pushed by a day and, and made that decision based on severity and the amount of code that had been changed. Uh, you know... I think everyone likes to say, well, if any code goes in within 24 hours, it should be it should be punted. And I think sy systematically, that's that's the right thing to do. But in the end, it would probably depend on exactly what it is and how un how well understood the how clear the potential things for it to break are. And of course, in saying all of this, it's not just me looking at this stuff. It's everyone. It's I would have probably even more quickly if you know I, if I didn't know the code and in a lot of these cases you know I don't know all of the systems of WordPress. Yeah, it to sounds their like bare bones. I don't know all of the history of of Tiny MCE or the customizer all the way back to the beginning. So right. I'm going to reach out to the maintainers of that component and say, what could this you know what could this break? How severe is the issue? How do you rate it? Let's talk about it. Scary. It's like you don't want to second guess yourself, but you want to make sure that you're still the leader, and you know, and that you're you're pushing this whole thing forward, right. and and you're not feeling like you're dragging it, like you're not like pulling it behind you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, what was your favorite feature that shipped in four five? Yeah, that is that's a good question. I think the one that I have enjoyed using the most so far. And this is—it might be different than what is my favorite feature, but the one I've enjoyed using uh, the most so far is inline links. Oh, it's the coolest thing. Uh, because I, it's the thing that, as I was writing uh, posts for Make and you know for news and things like that, I kept coming to it. Just, man, you know, this just makes so much <laughs> sense. This makes so much sense. It makes it so much easier. It freaked out a few people during our our um, our OC meetup where we're showing them the new feature and how you can you know how you can do this and they're like, oh, this box comes up. <sighs> like I really want this new thing to show up below it. You know, I really want to be able to have like all these people had all these different reasons, and I'm like, but look, you can highlight the text and then just yeah. paste the link. Right. And it instantly makes it into a link, and they're and like, and then you okay, just I'm keep going. typing. It's great. Okay, it, it's just—it's so great. Uh, and I mean, I'm sure that it will be that will iterate on the feature. This is V1 of the feature, so that's a thing. But I—I I love that. Well, like Target, you know, it's like how do you deal with Target? Now you have to go and push the the gear and then open it up and then make the change and then save it. Right. How often are you changing a solution? That? Don't ignore it entirely. Let the browser, let the user decide if they want to be in a new window. <laughs> I, think, I think this is an example of of starting out with a more minimal interface, and then you know if we ever it's part of that whole decisions not options thing, 
for now, we're deciding this, and if it looks like users need need other things, then we can talk about changing that, changing the interface, because uh, WordPress is all about iteration, and so that's something we can still do. What was the other thing? Uh, you said that this may not be the one that you would have. So what was the other? So the other one is a bit more biased. Okay. Because, because I because I helped because I helped out with it, uh, but. I really like uh, what we did with the smart image, smarter image resizing stuff, which I mean, essentially it's it's due to a lot of the research and work by by Dave Newton and Joe McGill. But I mean, images created by WordPress are now up to half smaller, fifty yeah. percent. That's awesome. Fifty percent, and. And uh, Dave Newton and Joe both went and dug into it and used uh, DSSIM scores to find out exactly how different they were. And they're basically, they are visually identical, at least as far, you know, with a hundred, you know, given certain, within a very small, very, very small measurement. Uh, it's not like imperceptible differences. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For 50% smaller. That's huge. Uh, and it was fun to work with with them, and also with Aaron Hockley, uh, who went through and gave a develop or a photographer's perspective on what information they would uh, he he would like to see included, and they would like to see included. It was a really it was a fun collaborative process too. That's to awesome. That. Well, folks, that is all the time we have for today. Mike, thank you for uh, stopping by and hanging out with us. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I, I think it's amazing that you guys saved 50% of the internet's bandwidth just by doing that. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> That's how it goes, but we're going to sell it that way. That's what the headline is going to say. <laughs> they did that in 15 minutes. <laughs> right, exactly. So, folks, make sure you go to our website at wpwatercooler.com and go check that out there. If you want to subscribe, you can go to wpwatercooler.com slash subscribe and then click on all the links there to subscribe using your various sources and stuff. So thank you very much. You guys have a good rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thanks.